In the end of this week's Parsha, we have the whole story with Zimri ben Solu bringing Cosby Bastzur in front of the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu. And as the Gemara tells us that Zimri challenges Moshe Rabbeinu and says, Zua Suroi Muteris, is this woman forbidden to me or is she permitted? If you're going to say she's per, uh, forbidden, Bas Yisrei mi who allowed you to marry the daughter of Yisrei? The Gemara says, suddenly doesn't know the halacha, and then Pinchas comes along, and we of course know the end of the story where Pinchas kills Zimri. Now, the question of course is, what is the response to Zimri's challenge, to Zimri's question? How in fact was Tzipoira permitted to Moshe Rabbeinu? So Rashi explains in the Gemara that Moshe Rabbeinu had married Tzipoira before Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, all of the Yidin were had the gather had the, the definition they were considered Bnei Noyach. At Matan Torah, they all became Gerim together, including Tzipoira, and therefore she's permitted to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Rebbe's question is, how is it that Zimri, who is a Nasi, is one of the leaders of the Yidin, of one of the sections within Shevet Levi, Shevet Shimoin. How is it that he didn't know or understand this difference between before Matan Torah and after Matan Torah? There seems to be such a simple difference. We also need to understand why don't we find that Moshe Rabbeinu responds to Zimri and explains this difference. Says the Rebbe, this will be first understood by introducing another question. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu had a din of a koyin, of a koyin gadol in fact. There's one opinion that Moshe Rabbeinu was a koyin only during the Shiva Simei Amiluim, the seven special days of preparation before the Mishkan um, started completely. According to some, Moshe Rabbeinu was a koyin completely his whole life. How is Moshe Rabbeinu allowed to marry Tzipoyer, who was a giyoris? A koyin is not allowed to marry a Tzipoyer, a giyoris. Now, the Rebbe says, Perhaps, in fact, this was Zimri's argument to Moshe Rabbeinu. How are you allowed to marry Bas Yisroi, who is a Giyores, and you're a Koyin? However, says the Rebbe, the question will still remain, number one, what is the response? What is the answer of how Moshe Rabbeinu is allowed to marry her? And number two, why was this not answer given to Zimri? Now, the Rebbe suggests one answer that might be resolve this issue, that we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, in fact, had separated or even divorced his wife. And therefore, right after Matan Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu divorces his wife, so in fact, he's not a Koyan anymore, marrying and living with a Giyaris. And why is Zimri not told this, that Moshe Rabbeinu actually divorced his wife? Because no one actually knew about this. As explained in Chazal, and as also evident from the story that Miriam finds out about this whole story that he's separated from his wife from the story with Eldad and Medad when they were saying prophecy and she says, woe to their wives, they're now also going to separate from their wives. And why is it that no one knew about it? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want anyone to know about it. The Gemara says he did it on his own and he's humble and he doesn't want anyone, anybody to know that because he's a Navi, etc. That's why he's separating from his wife. But the Rebbe is not satisfied with this answer because number one, according to Rashi, actually Hashem told him to separate from his wife. So it wouldn't be humility to hide this because he's doing what Hashem said. More importantly, as we said before, the main reason why he should have been separated from his wife is because he was a Novi. 
And because he's always speaking to Hashem. But according to what we just suggested, it would have been that because he's a Koyin, and he's not supposed to be married to a Giyotis. So we're still left with a question, how was Moshe Rabbeinu as a Koyin allowed to be married to a Giyotis? And why this wasn't told to Zimri? So the Rebbe explains, there is a halacha. We know that a Koyin Gadol is not allowed to marry a widow, a regular Koyin is. In marriage there are two stages, there's the Eirus in the first stage of marriage, and there's Nisu in the second stage of marriage. When the Pasuk speaks about a Koyin Gadol is allowed to marry, Yikachisha, it says, who he's allowed to marry, and that's referring to the first stage of marriage, Yikachisha is a stage of Kiddushin, says the Gemara, if a regular Koyin does the first stage of, of marriage, Kiddushin, with an, with an Almano, with a widow, then he becomes a Koyin Gadol, he's allowed to finish the marriage, and that's learned from these words, Kiyikachisha, that the, as long as the Yikachisha, this Kiddushin, was done in a permissible state. He's allowed to continue the marriage. If that's the case, how much more so in our case when Moshe Rabbeinu had not only Kiddushin, but the full marriage with Tzipoira, 100% in a permissible way, before Matan before he's a Koyin. And therefore, surely even after he becomes a Koyin, or even a Koyin Godel, he's allowed to remain married to her. Now, the Rebbe deals with another point in the Sikha right now, of whether the Yidin actually, actually had to remarry after Matan Torah, and then that would pose a problem again if Moshe Rabbeinu was remarrying Tzipoira after Matan Torah. But the Rebbe actually proves that the gather of Kiddushin really was before Matan Torah, and therefore the Yidin wouldn't have even had to remarry. So Moshe Rabbeinu's marriage from before Matan Torah stays good for after Matan Torah as well, and therefore he's allowed to remain married to this Giyotis, notwithstanding the fact that he's a Koyin. So Zimri was arguing to Moshe Rabbeinu, if he's a Koyin, how can he be married to this Giyotis? Now, what about this Limud from the Torah Shabal Peg gives us that from Kiyikach, that Yikachisha means that as long as he started the marriage in a permissible way, it would be fine. Well, Zimri did not agree or did not know about this Limud. And the problem was, according to Zimri, yes, he has to divorce her. The problem is, if this is not a halacha that was known already to all Yidin, we have a, 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 the following halacha. That if a Rav wants to paskin a halacha and say he has a certain tradition about a certain thing, but he's an Igeya Bedover, he has a certain interest, a certain bias in this particular case, we're actually not going to trust him in this particular halacha. So Moshe Rabbeinu cannot come along now and say, I have a tradition, I heard from the Ebishter, that because of Yikach Isha, there is actually a limud that I would be allowed to remain married to, to uh, Tzipoira. And that's why it's not going to help him telling this now to Zimri. And that's why he doesn't answer this. The only Eitzah right now what happens is, is that Pinchas comes along and kills Zimri. Says the Rebbe over here, we have a very, very strong and powerful Eirah. We have different types of questions that people challenge us with. Yes, if someone comes with a question that's L'Shem Shamayim, a proper question, of course we have to answer him. But when a person comes with a question, not really interested in the answer, all he's trying to do is to be Matir and Midianis, to make something that the Torah said is Asur, to make it Mutar. Then we don't respond to him, we rather the way to deal with him is in a way of going Vadas, completely beyond logic and reason. As Pinchas dealt with in this particular case. 
So to a person in his own avoidu, when the Yitzhahara comes to him with arguments, we don't start going into Shakla Vataria, debating and arguing with him. Rather, as the Gemara says, drag the Yitzhahara along with you into the base Medrash, deal with him in a way of Lamai Lamitam Vadas. And the Rebbe says this is very strongly connected to Yud Beis Tammuz, the Balagula, the Friedrich Rebbe, whose Geula is Yud Beis Tammuz, which always falls out around this Parsha, that his Mesidus Nefesh was also in a similar way, a Bekano Yaskinosi, going out in the strongest way of Mesidus Nefesh, even in areas where people argued and said, in this case you don't need Mesidus Nefesh, these are smaller things that the Torah doesn't obligate you for Mesidus Nefesh. Yet the Friedrich Rebbe went with full Mesidus Nefesh in these areas, and his Mesidus Nefesh, was not in a way of gvura, but rather in a way of bechesed uberachim, always going in a way of loving kindness and compassion. As he actually asked his father, the Rebbe Rashab, he wanted that his nesius should always be bechesed uberachim. And of course, this is doyrata also, also, to on the one hand go in a strong way of mesiras nefesh and so on, in a strong way, but at the same time, of course, acting in a way of loving kindness bechesed uberachim.